Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 56. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and this week, turn off your targeting computer, trust your instincts, it's the Inflation Deflation Challenge. No reference to Tauntauns. Hey, we're jumping right into Star Wars month, everybody. Uh, no Tauntauns here. There are Tauntauns. We literally just played with one. Yeah, for like 30 seconds. Okay, I probably... That's probably where I screwed up. I had the Tauntaun a lot longer in this one. Yeah, 30 seconds is overstate understatement. It was longer than that. We'll get to it. It was a, a kind of an arduous inflation deflation, and uh, we'll tell you all about it later. But first up, John, I see a big old stack of games here. It was just Black Friday happening. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving and uh, got some good deals the next day. Everybody's psyched for Cyber Monday, you know, still waiting to get your deals. I hope you get some good stuff there. What'd you pick up this week, John? You're so lucky, man. I was about to make a Ryan's Love Life joke, but I didn't get the chance to. Um, okay, so this week's pickups. I got Shenmue 1 and 2 uh, on the PS4, Ukulele, and the, is it the Impossible Layer on uh, PlayStation 4 as well, Yakuza Kiwami 2. Uh, Fallout 4, the Devil May Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition, the Devil May Cry Remastered Collection, HD so Collection, HD Collection, one through three, and we ended up getting Assassin's Creed Odyssey as well. My wife has played every Assassin's Creed game and needed Odyssey, so we picked that one up as well. The collection is complete. It is complete so far, um, except I don't have the DS version. Oh, uh, what else did I get? Big I loss think- there. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Big loss there. I, I like how you had on the outline and I'm over here like straining to look at my pile in right. the corner. Uh, that's all I got, man. Did you pick up anything? So I actually finally pulled the trigger on Gamefly. Now, I didn't know exactly how it would work. This is how it works. You add games to your queue. It tells you their availability. And apparently if their availability is low, it just doesn't even like even if it's at the top of your queue, I was like, this is what I want. I know the availability is low. It's at the top, so I'll wait for it. Well, I guess it jumped all the way down to the third on my list. So now I have Demon X Machina waiting for me in my mailbox. And uh, I'm not really ready to play that game yet. So Looks like you are. So am I going to check that out, or am I going to send that back and just delete everything except for what i actually want right now out of my queue and then wait for it so quick question on that um how many games can you get a month uh there's a one or a two game plan okay and you have the one game plan i assume yeah well that sucks so they're like oh we don't have enough of that so we're just gonna go down on your priority I list mean, until we hit one it makes sense i guess if you're really just like oh i want to play all these games and it doesn't really matter in which order you know that I can see as being a fine thing, but, you know, given Star Wars month and the fact that neither of us is going to buy yeah, screw that. the new Star Wars game, uh, I was hoping to Gamefly that and have it so that we could check it out, but, you know, I guess we'll just have to see what's up. Yeah. We could always maybe Redbox it or something, I guess. Yeah, that's true. It's like two bucks yeah, to Redbox so- a game. Yeah, we could do we'll, that. We'll definitely be getting to that. We're going to do Star Wars month, much like Spider-Man month. We're going to try to start at the oldest and work our way up, but more on that later. So what have you actually been playing, John? Oh, man. I took the plunge, and I'm in Sekido right now. There we go. Anybody who hasn't seen it, check out John's content on our YouTube or Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check us out anywhere at The Game Deflators, except for... Twitter. It is Game Deflators. And content is only on YouTube. So I've been, as I beat some mini bosses, some of the more difficult ones, and as I beat the major bosses, I've been posting the videos of those uh, captures on YouTube. So check it out on there. Pretty cool stuff. Judge my gameplay all you want, but I'm actually playing Sekido and I'm not breaking a controller over it. So that's great too. Dude, the how game's do, awesome. How do you find the adjustment? I know a lot of people had a hard time like going from dark souls to Sekiro. i think it's easier or bloodborne to Sekiro. i know that the combat style is a lot different i think it's a lot easier in all honesty so bloodborne you had your or not bloodborne well i guess bloodborne too but um in dark souls you, and demon souls you had like your repose so you could like when you're getting hit kind of counter and an attack right 
This one is just straight up like combat. So you're frequently blocking. You have a posture bar as well. And if your posture bar expands all the way, you lose your balance or your posture and then you're open for like death blows. So with the bosses, it's pretty cool because like as you're battling, you can judge like, okay, I should really be attacking this guy right now and trying to make sure his health is low. So that way when I do start blocking, his posture goes down faster. Like there's a little bit of a combination there. And the overall bosses, you know, it's similar to Dark Souls in that you have, um, there are certain patterns that they have, right? So the Raging Bull, for example, is one I, I did recently. And it's just giant bull that just comes through a wall, has flames on its like, not horns, but the wood, you know, piece that they put on the top of the bull. Yeah, the yoke. So, yeah, so that's on fire and it's just running around like crazy, right? And I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to beat this? Well, it turns out if I literally just target it and run around in a circle, it gets to a point where it crashes into a wall. You can get a couple strikes and then you just keep going in a circle. Mm. And like, that's literally the pattern, the easiest way to beat it. Um, there was another character uh, that I went against. Uh, who was it? It was Genichido. Um, Ashina, who was one of the main foes, or pretty much is like the main baddie in the game so far. And he just had like an assortment of attacks and like patterns, but it kind of got to a point where, I don't know, after like the 50th time of trying to go against him, uh, which shows my patience, by the way, because going against a, an enemy that many times in a row is just nuts. And it was over the course of a couple days. And you see his patterns after a while, you know, like, block he'll shoot an arrow he'll roll up he'll hit you you can quick step hit him and then you jump back you know like it's just over time there's those patterns now the game does do a really good job of mixing it up so with genicho for example he has his uh, he jumps up in the air and then he slams his sword down and on some occasions he has his um there's like a red symbol that comes up i forget the name of the uh, the symbol that comes up but that comes up indicating it's one of his like major strikes and in that case, like some of them, when he comes down with that sword, the red symbol comes up and you're like, oh, crap, what's he going to do? There's some times where he's slicing just a full broad slice. Other times he's doing a straight up jab. And then there's some times where it just doesn't happen. So it catches you off guard. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell you how many times. And it sucks because like certain you have to time it, too. So if he's jabbing at you, you have to quick step at the right time. Otherwise, if you quick step too early, he'll jab into you in your mm -hmm. quick step. He'll track you. Yeah. And if you quick step and he does the broad slice, well, then you get hit by the broad slice. Like, there's no way to dodge that. Um, you got to do the jump for that one. You have to one. do the jump for that one. And then the sad thing is, like, if you anticipate the broad slice and you do the jump, then he jabs upwards. Yeah. So, like, there. oh, my God, it was just crazy how many times. And you saw the battle and, like, mm -hmm. how ridiculous that was. And you go through, at least for him, and this is the last major boss I beat so far. Uh, so you go through him in two death blows. And you're like, all right, cool. I beat him. Like, this is good to go. And then it's like cutscene, And then he takes off all of his armor, summons like his lightning tome. And then he's just going crazy with like lightning strikes. It was a brutal battle. It looked really cool, though. It it's was, a good looking game. It's awesome, dude. Like it straight up. I was wanting a Tenchu game for the longest time. And this is really kind of in that vein enough that, to satisfy yeah just the ability to sneak up behind people you do have that you know shinobi kind of like i have to go super stealth to get behind guys there's a lot of opportunity in the game where to get to a certain section of a level for example you can either go through tons of enemies or you can literally stealth your way around and knock out as many as possible to make things easier like there's certain bosses like mini bosses that i have had the ability to just kind of sneak around stab a few guys knock them out and then go against the mini boss and it just makes things so much easier and i will note before i pass this back to you the mini bosses i feel are a lot harder than the main bosses for some strange reason i have no idea it just it feels like the bosses have a pattern you can follow a little better than the mini bosses the mini bosses seem to be kind of all over the place like their attacks that they do like the the red symbol and their special attacks just come up a lot more frequently in my opinion than the main bosses and it's just kind of put into a sense where like i said the patterns are just there for the bosses like you know what that boss is going to do what its pattern typically is how it opens up the battle and everything whereas the mini bosses you can see it open up the battle one way but after that it's just kind of 
it goes off the feels, rails. Yeah, for you. it feels random in a way. So that's kind of cool. It really sets you off guard in a sense. But yeah, I'm enjoying the game so far. I am. I just beat Kenichiro, and I am in the Ashino Reservoir trying to beat the. Um, I forget his name, but he's a Seven Spears, so he's a pretty difficult mini boss. And after that, I don't know where I go after that. So I I gotta I gotta start playing some more. But I'm probably technically like Dark Souls, where you have the worlds in a sense, like the new areas. I am in the technically the third area right now and i think there's six or seven Mm -hmm. and there's like 16 bosses i believe in the game like main bosses and i've only beat three so yeah so check out the content it's on youtube on your way it's awesome yeah it's a great game dude i'm super stoked and i'm kind of upset that it took me so long to play it i've had it since march and it's totally worth it like every penny i spent on it like totally worth it so if you've seen it on sale uh through black friday or cyber monday like definitely pick it up it's a hard game uh there is no online component so you can't cheese your way through with like two other players to try and beat a boss like you're on your own and it's definitely difficult but it's so worth it when you beat a boss and just that like elation after beating a boss mm-hmm. absolutely love it it's like the best feeling in the world and my wife has just watched me on several times just like throw up my arms like finally victory it just took me like three days to yeah. beat this guy so it's been great good all right what are you playing how can you how can you live up to my Sekido <sighs> description ryan oh i i can't but i do have something so i've been playing final fantasy 12 zodiac age on switch and i think i'm like 14 hours in or something and i don't feel like i've spent a lot of time grinding by any means but the grinding is so easy in this game because the gambit system i've kind of gotten to a point where i've gotten everybody uh two jobs now i'm really starting to fill out their job boards and um i don't know it's it seems like the unemployment rate in final fantasy 12 is pretty good then yeah yeah Yeah. the story is starting to kind of pick up a little bit like there was a betrayal, and now we're... I can't remember where I'm heading. Well, anyways, I was going to play a bunch while I was on vacation this week. And it turns out I got sucked right back into Cave Blazers all week. <laughs> That's right. So I guess there's been some updates or something because I started unlocking some new things and trying some new stuff out i managed to beat it with another character and uh cave blazers is just as fun and addictive as i remember it to be but now that i'm back i'm going to stop playing it again and get back to final fantasy 12 you know what you should get actually back i into? need to get back to zone of the enders yeah yeah, yeah i was gonna say you've got 20 no 30 days 30 days 30 days to get this done and that is how many podcast episodes ryan how many podcast episodes are we Four? looking at uh i don't know let's see it depends one counting today two three four you have five pod no on the fifth podcast episode on december 29th you should have this game beat oh it will be beat yeah it'll be beat by then i'll definitely make sure i i get through zone of the enders because here's the thing we are announcing our new games resolution on december 29th yeah uh to be released on december 30th just in time for the new year just in time so hey everybody else out there start thinking about your new games resolutions what's a game that you've always wanted to play that's sitting on your shelf looking at you and you're like man i need to get around to that game get around to that come in 2020 new games resolution so for 2020 i'll take on three all right i've already decided i'm doing three games because i have to in this respect you can do one if you want so we'd just be reversed. We would just reverse it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that would be appropriate. Then there's not as much pressure on you towards the tail end of the year. And it'll just be on me to struggle right. mightily. And that depends on how long it takes me to beat Sekiro as well. Well, neither of us really even started our new games resolution until like July. Yeah. Except I had like a 55 hour game. Yeah. And it took me. No, I started back in like April. Did you? I? April or May, I think. April or May. Yeah. I guess I started then too. Because I started when we went to Japan. Well, and I played several games in that process, too. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was exclusive to that game. No, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, We've took... been playing a lot of stuff. We've I've played a lot more this year. Well, let's save some of this talking about the end of the year for 
the end of the year. And let's jump right into the Just news. So excited, Ryan. All right. News. Uh, Blue Point Games. Why don't you read it? Why don't you read the tweet? I, I will. I will. I'm getting to the introduction, Ryan. Oh, you're killing me. All right. Let me go to Twitter, which we did retweet, by the way. I've been using the Twitter. So, Blue Point Games, and if you didn't notice, Ryan, they had another tweet before that. So let me actually go to their page. And for those of you that don't know who Blue Point Games is, Blue, Blue Point Games is responsible for a lot of ports and uh, HD collections that have come out over the years. They did Shadow of the Colossus, Uncharted, Gravity Rush, Flower, Titanfall. They worked on PlayStation Battle All-Stars, uh, Royale, Metal Gear Solid HD collection, lots of stuff. Uh, their one original game that they have was Blast Factor, which I think was a launch title. It was one Dude. of the only digital launch downloads and as I, well. I played that game a lot when the PlayStation 3 came out. That game was awesome. I actually really did like it. Okay, so Blue Point Games, they had two different tweets over the last month. So the first one says, So calm, the spooky night, a symphony of rumors, not one but two, return from shadow, a resistance to dart home as black monsters escape twisted hills to wander lands and siphon souls. Filter your candy collections, soften from solid, to be eco-friendly, have a metal Halloween. So that was their first one. And it's like, uh, it's got a picture or a gif of the moon, like a blood moon with like a bunch of bats flying. Yeah, so it makes you wonder if there's Bloodborne in here, um, which they I wouldn't know, do, that, obviously, because that's from software. Symphony of the Night. Yeah, right? So that, that's tied in. But the Souls component is what people are worried about. So then the next one says, two classics we play are blood, sweat, tears, give thanks to family and fans, eager you stay, cheers, rekindle flames, thanks. Today feast, tomorrow rest, soon beast freed from jest. Temptation we shun, then on to the next. We reset further a doom. Or is that a dumb? Adorn. Adorn, sorry. My eyesight is terrible. The Genesis and Era Reborn. So what they're hinting at, nobody knows. But There's speculation. Yeah. Wild speculation. Wild, wild speculation on what they could possibly be talking about. And so the thought is, is maybe they're talking about a remaster of Demon Souls. Demon Souls. I also saw people posting Legend of the Dragoon. Yeah, which in the comments that does make sense because of the moon. Well, and Dart is the main character. Yeah, so the Siphon Souls component, it's weird because like you have Symphony. So is it like are they working on some sort of Castlevania project? You've got the Souls piece. Are we talking Demon Souls and Flames from Rekindling Flames? Well, and they're like, talking about two. Yeah, it mentions two in both of these. Mm hmm. Exactly. So is it, you know, if it's Demon Souls be... 2, which would be awesome, but I think that's from software and Bandai, if I'm correct. Well, and they've already released uh, an HD remake or remaster for Dark Souls. So it wouldn't be like a Dark Souls, Demon well, Souls HD remake. I don't think they bundle. would have anything to do with Dark Souls, though. Yeah. Just because that's not a Sony IP. And not to say that they're Sony IP, but a lot of their projects have been Sony-based projects, obviously. Yeah, they. I mean, they've worked with Sony on yeah, pretty on much all lot. this stuff. Exactly. So, um, really, I could see this maybe being some sort of Demon Souls thing. Some people have said Siphon Filter could be a, a possible remake. Legend Dragoon would be badass if it was. A and I, I've talked about that on several episodes. You know, a straight-up remake or... HD remake of Legend of Dragoon would be, would be awesome. Awesome, yeah, yeah. Like I would totally play that. And I already beat the game. So and I would still play it. So who knows? I still think it's pretty awesome that they're just kind of going off on these like random tweets and just opening up to like wild speculation because then we get to talk about it. So uh if you guys have any speculation or you guys have any guesses at what this might be, let us know. Send us a tweet. And I, I do love that they have the gif. Of the dog and like teasing it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like it's just straight up like them telling you, yeah, we're teasing you. Yeah, they're being very cocky here and I love it. Yeah, it's uh, some good trolling. So I believe, are we logged in on Twitter here? Um, we are, let's see. Let's follow Blue Point Games. There we go. We'll Games. follow Blue Point Games and we'll let you know when we hear more about them. All right, cool. Dude, I'm loving Twitter. I used to hate Twitter, but I actually do like it a lot. Mm -hmm. All right, next bit of news 
I laughed so hard at this, by the way. This is so sad. <laughs> I I couldn't help. I mean, that was a happy ending, but no. But I mean, it's it's just sad. The premise of what happened. Oh yeah. Here. yeah. Okay, so I, I'm so excited to read this one. Man spends 1.4 million on game character, which his friend accidentally sold, and we'll say accidentally sold for 552 dollars. I laughed so hard when I read that title, just from the idea of who in their right mind spends 1.4 million dollars on digital content for a character. I know I've heard of people spending a lot of money on MMOs, but this that's absurd. This dude. is outrageous. So. This uh, this guy was playing, uh, what is it, an MMORPG called Justice Online. It's a NetEase game uh, from China, and this guy must have the coolest character ever because that's the coolest job, a lot too. of investment. Yeah, I mean, for somebody to be able to toss that kind of money at a game, they've either got to be living in an internet cafe or living in a mansion. Or both? Or both. Maybe it's a mansion internet cafe. So uh, he lent this character to his friend, and then his friend was holding it ransom for 388,000 yuan, which translates to about $55,000. And uh, when he wouldn't pay the ransom to get it back, his friend set it up for sale and... He said that he, after a long marathon gaming session, put it up with the typo for $552, which would make this probably the best investment anybody's ever made. $552 for $1.4 million worth of character. What I want to know is, how do you miss that many digits as a typo? Like, it's one thing to say, it must like, have been some gaming session. Oh, yeah. It's one thing to be like, oh, I accidentally put it for 5,000, but 552? There's some weird stuff going on with this, but I think it's hilarious, dude. The guy spent a ton of money. The other guy holds it hostage because he, who loans a $1.4 million investment character to a friend? Like, you're already not really supposed to give friends passwords for things. Why would you give him? a character that you've invested that much money into. Exactly. And by the way, this article is brought to us by Kotaku. And uh, so take whatever you want with a grain of salt on this one Brian as far Ashcraft as legitimacy. Kotaku. Uh, I think we've mentioned Brian Ashcraft before. But either way, it's got a lot of retweets, a lot of comments on it, and it is a hilarious situation. Now, like, I, dude, come on. Even if I had like three hours of sleep and was marathoning a game for that period of time, there is no way in hell... I am accidentally selling something for $552 instead of $55,000. Yeah. So the the guy took, uh, he sued. He sued NetEase and his friend. He got his character back. But the weird thing that I don't know if the article just words it wrong, but it says that um, while the plaintiff got his $1.4 million investment back, he reportedly had to pay... 12,000 in damages to the player who bought the character on the cheap. So I don't understand why emotional stress, Ryan, will, but I don't understand why he would have to pay that. I would think that the person who stole the character and then sold it would be the one to pay those damages because they're the one who caused this whole problem. No, to guy, begin with, the guy that caused the problem to begin with was the moron that loaned out his $1.4 million investment character. So That's you, how it'll you, start you it. think that he should have to pay $12,000 as a just learn for, your lesson? Just for being a dumbass. Yeah, okay. pay 12000 for being a dumbass. That's where I'm at on that. Well, I guess uh, if if he's got $1.4 million to throw on a character, I guess, you he's know. He's got 12000 yeah. to throw towards. Yeah. So who the real winner here is the guy who got $12,000 for free. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like, that's, that's the greatest investment. Yeah. You literally paid $500 to then gain $12,000. Yeah, that's a pretty good and return. And reinvest it into your character yeah, if you want to. That's good. That's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. Uh, and then, of course, the loser is a guy that, you know, had to play the other character and then give it up. So, interesting situation. But lesson learned for everybody out there, don't spend $1.4 million on a game character and then loan it to your friend, expecting them to not try and sell it on the cheap. Exactly. Okay. That is some fun news. We should do more of those articles. Like dumb, I hope there's not more of those. Articles. We should do. We should do like more dumb gaming articles. Uh, you know how on uh, Holmberg's Morning Sickness they always have like the wild, wild news and yeah. all that stuff. 
We should do that for gaming. Some news segments. We'll we come up with some segment names. Yeah, we should start finding some some weird segments in uh, gaming. All right. So Next I up, we kind gotta... of wanted to discuss the other one first, number okay. four. Yeah, so this article came out. This one's by Alex St. Amour at Link Cable, and his article is titled, Stadia Has Already Failed. Ryan, do you think Stadia has failed? So he does say, you know, this is pretty quick after to be you know, declaring it a complete failure. But I think that we can all agree that the launch of Stadia was not really as advertised. And I don't think many people are too surprised by that. I think Stadia was promising an awful lot. And I think that was always going to be really hard to deliver on. And I think that, you know, the fact that it is off to a rough start doesn't bode well for them. But I don't think it's the death sentence that he's kind of saying it is well i'm on both sides of this so i do expect a company like google who has you know they're a massive company of what is it 140 billion us dollars mm-hmm. right like that's their their buying power like they're massive so how does a company like google not launch something like this an area that they're supposed to be experts in how do they not launch it well? You well, know, like, that's the thing. I think that and then the, if you look at the way the market is right now, with all of the game companies do the let's just ship it and fix it in post live service kind of approach, I mean, that's exactly what I think we should have expected. I mean, just get it out the door, get it running, and then you can fix it up later and you'll just have to reinvest in your early adopters. But here's my issue with that. So you've already got companies like Microsoft and Sony that are doing the streaming service well. Even Nintendo's in it doing it well with their online component and the Super Nintendo and NES games, right? With their virtual console and being able to do that. So you have these companies that are actively doing it well in the market. But they're doing it on their proprietary consoles. They are. And that's fine. Or home PC. But if you're going to say you're going to do something and you're going to launch a service and it's supposed to be this like ultimate service and like this, you know, new innovative idea, then do it right. And if you're not going to do it right, then hold your launch off rather than having a crappy launch. And then also you have PS5 and Xbox One coming out with more virtual, you know, digital content and everything else going on with it and already an established you know, streaming service for both of those companies, you're jumping into 2020 with pretty much a terrible launch, not keeping up with promises and no exclusive games outside of some indie titles because you can purchase those. So they don't even have like, you know, timed exclusives for the most part going into 2020 yet. If you have that much buying power, you should be able to secure that. And in my mind, it just shows how not serious Google is about Google Stadia. This is like I, I don't think an so. experiment in a sense. I don't think so. I think that getting in early and then fixing it up after is probably not a good approach by any means. But I don't think it's a terrible approach because you're going to get people like they sold out their uh, launch edition bundles, you know, so. All those people are already going to have investment in the platform and come next year, maybe those people don't want to pay $500 for a PlayStation 5 if they're willing to forego those exclusives and Stadia has gotten its stuff together and is now able to offer the third-party titles on their platform, which you don't need a TV, you don't need a console, you know, your ability to use Stadia remotely, wherever, however, whenever, is still going to be a big factor that they're going to already have people invested in. And it's not going to cost them more than it would cost them to get a game on the console. Now, the streaming we talked about, was that last week or the week before? Yeah. With, with how the, much it costs? Yeah. That's a whole nother... You know, that's a whole nother thing, whether people are willing to pay that or whether, you know, data caps change based on this or they come out with some new gaming bundles that are reasonably priced and establish, you know, a new quota of caps. But I think that we just have to wait and see. I think it's way too soon 
to call it a failure just because it got off to a bad start. I mean, people, uh, it happens all the time. You know, people jump the gun, put something out there. I mean, people actually like Fallout 76 now more than they did at launch, despite how bad that's kept getting. And um, Well, because you're always going to have your core base of people that are going to yeah. play those games. Kind of like the Wii U, for example. I love the Wii U. Like, it's one of my favorite consoles. A lot it. of people say that, too. Yeah. But I, I never got one because I just stayed away because of what I heard. So yeah. this could be another one of those situations. Well, yeah, and, uh, and it could be, which is what's mentioned in the article. But then they do bring up things like the PlayStation 3 got off to a pretty rough start. Uh, when it initially launched, it had like a five or six hundred dollar price tag, if I recall. I don't remember. It was super high um, back then. And so with that console in general, it ended up being one of the better selling consoles of Sony. I don't know how this is going to be for Google, man. Like, are they going to look at this in a two year time span and just see like their user or their adoption rate is not where it should be based on their estimates? And they funnel in X amount of money. They're trying to get exclusives. They're trying to purchase games, giving money out to different studios and such. Does this become a situation where their investment just isn't worth it enough for them to continue doing this? And with it being Google and the type of company they are, this isn't a core focus of theirs. So they may just be like, all right, we're throwing in the towel after two years and that's it. We're kind of done with this service. And I can see that happening. Like if Nintendo gave up on the Wii U because of sales, imagine a company like Google, like are they honestly going to continue putting down more money into this type of service? Well, they're worth way more. They are worth way more, and I totally get it. But are they They've willing to do They've got the money to spend on it to make it what it needs to be. But I they mean, haven't right now, done that. Well, but right now, it's not even like out in the wild. Like It's still only on their platforms for the most part. Like You can't, unless you have a Pixel or a Pixel tablet, you know, you can't even do it on your phone or tablet like they said but once you get this onto an ipad and people with ipads everywhere can yeah, but think about from the perspective of them having to actually give money to apple to have that service on there like apple's just not apple has apple arcade and they're into some gaming as well so no yeah that's different that's not playing red dead on your ipad no i guess if it. i could play red dead on my ipad no what i'm saying is a financial investment needed by google to even put it on an ipad they're going to have to pay fork over money to even have that service on Apple's products. Well, yeah, but so does everybody else. Yeah, I totally get it. That's just how it works. But do you think Google's Google going to get away Google with Google has Google Chrome on the iPad. Do they? Yes. Okay. And they probably pay some money for that, too. You can use Google on Safari. I know you can. That's just... They, that's not That's not argument enough for me to believe that's a point. I'm just saying that over the next couple of years, we'll see how this turns out. I don't foresee it going past two years, but who knows? I could eat my words. But if well, like, I, other like consoles he says have at the end before. of the, uh, he says at the end of his article, I'm going to call this one early. Stadia will not recover from this launch, and if I'm wrong, well, I'll definitely be eating crow while enjoying Doom Eternal on my Pixel Three. There you go. So I. So will, you're right there with him. I'll take the same stance, man. Uh, if they don't, if they do not have the adoption rate they want over the next couple of years. They will throw in a towel and they'll be like, all right, we're out. We'll support gaming in some other type of capacity. But what they're doing right now, who knows? We just I don't think that we've seen the myriad of features that they want to implement implemented yet. And I think that depending on how those features go and the the launches for, you know, a feature rich, complete version of Stadia have yet to be seen. And until that comes about, I think it's. We're not able to judge what it is yet. We're only judging what it is now. And I think that once we see more, it'll look a little bit more enticing to people. And I still think that this just isn't this isn't a platform for people who want to play video games on a console. This is a platform for people who want to play video games in other ways and are willing to invest in ways to make that happen. Yeah, I mean... It's this... like VR. Like the road for VR has been long and it's still going on. But if Oculus had given up after the first one, we wouldn't be where we are now. Well, of course. I totally get that. 
Uh, but there's other services out there. Which Either is, way, this is going to be the wave of the future. Streaming yeah. games is going to eventually re- be the primary way people play games. Yeah, and I, I'm happy to say primary because it does call out in this article as well that the other you know players out there, Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, all have alternate ways for you to be able to get games. So even though you have digital content, there is that physical media. And me as a collector and as a gamer, I would rather own the physical media versus having a digital download that at any point can just be gone. Mm-hmm. Like they just say, we're not supporting this anymore. Uh, but Ryan, do you hear that? Here comes a new challenger. So it looks like uh, Google's not the only one jumping into this. There are now rumors based on some job listings that Amazon will be launching a gaming streaming service in 2020. Uh, this is brought to you by Abby Espirito of The Gamer. And it looks like Abby's got some pretty cool articles on her website, so definitely check that out. So what are your thoughts, Ryan, on Amazon potentially jumping into the market? Well, Amazon is the owner of Twitch, and Twitch is the main place where people watch people play games live. And I think that maybe that is a stronger tie and connection than Google's YouTube and Google's appreciation of gaming media on their platform especially with uh other things that are coming up soon that we'll talk about later i'm sure but i think that while amazon making a streaming service is not anything new to them you know they're very good at doing that already and twitch is there's something in there. There's something that they can do with that. I just don't know that it's going to be any more compelling or that they'll be any more capable of making it happen than Google. I think that this is just going to wind up being a Stadia Lite situation. And, uh, you know, it's all very early rumor mill stuff based on some job postings. We don't know what this will eventually turn into. Well, here's the uh, job posting. So it says that they recently recruited Microsoft to help with the launch and uh, or help with the launch and hired workers for an undisclosed new initiative within Amazon Web Services. So that's from the article. And if you go a little later on, it actually gives the description itself. And let me see where it's on. It says, we believe the evolution that began with the arcade communities a quarter at a time growing into the live streams and esports of today will continue to a future where everyone is a gamer and every gamer can create, compete, collaborate, and connect with others at massive scales. So this kind of sounds more like streaming in a sense, like it sounds expanding like, their streaming services. It sounds like almost uh, like a gaming uh, community, more, more like a social media type thing than maybe an actual game service like if there was if there was a dedicated platform like twitch but integrated with more of a you know facebook type component of really sharing and bringing up you know certain things like when you go to twitch and you watch something you're watching the one thing but if you went there and you had channels where you could see you know different people posting various versions of the same thing almost more like a youtube search if you were looking up like your Sekido video you could find your Sekido video and you could find a bunch of other people's and see how everybody took this boss on now if you had that in like a more condensed type of feed situation where you were able to you know quickly view these things and keep tabs on you know what you like and your preferences and stuff i could see maybe that being a thing but them launching like their own full game streaming service to compete i don't know if that's really a smart play for them to go towards who knows man they've got you know, Amazon Prime Video, Amazon Prime Music, Amazon Prime Books, like they've got everything, but it, it gets to a point where are you going to be stretched too thin and do a lot of things, but not all of them really well. So I can go to a Netflix or Disney. Well, Disney Plus is kind of different because it's, it's Disney. They do thing. everything pretty well. But 
am I going to, like, if you look at Amazon Prime compared to Netflix, the functionality of both of those is night and day. Like, yeah. Netflix is a thousand times ahead of Amazon yeah. in that respect. Now, Amazon is doing well. They're not bad, but it's not the same quality in a mm -hmm. sense in terms of the overall user feel. And so it'll be interesting to see if they do anything along those lines of gaming. And it does say on this article that another line in that description is uh, to drive innovative new use cases like machine vision and game streaming. So again, that that's word of streaming can be anything that could be we're going to stream games like a Google Stadia or we are going to stream games like Twitch and we're mm -hmm. going to expand on our Twitch base and really just kind of expanding the use cases tied to Twitch versus gaming itself, like the actual physical media. So we'll see. It's all speculation and it's cool speculation to kind of think about. Um, in a sense, I'm not a huge fan, as you know, of digital streaming and yeah. digital games. Like I prefer physical media. So Honestly, like just to be upfront, I would rather see companies like Google and Amazon fail at this so we can continue getting physical media. Well, I think I, I that physical media will there will always be a market for it. I mean, with bespoke services like uh, what's the place you ordered their physical copy of that digital only game? Oh, uh, they had the terrible E3 conference. Limited run games. There's Limited a, run games. There's a lot. There's like super. Yeah, there's games a lot of and... those services out there. So there's always going to be a market for you know collectors and stuff. And you know eventually it may even become a better market once more people are willing to let go of the need for physical release. I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see what the future holds for this. A lot of this stuff today. It was a slow news day. This is all future news. Future news. Future Hope. news. We'll see. But it's been broken here on articles that the Game Deflators read. Okay. We're going into some old news now. Our Inflation Deflation Challenge. Ryan, you were super excited about this because you did so much better than I did. This is Empire Strikes Back on the Game Boy. So this was uh, kicking off Star Wars month. Dun, dun, do the scroll. We've got all the words going up. We're kicking into hyperspeed. If I was better at digital editing, I would totally have that whole little piece right there. Oh, yeah. Just kind of scrolling really quick. So we've got, uh, yes, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back on Game Boy. Developed by Lucasfilm Games and Sculpted Software. Published by JVC. Designers Mark Ebert and Kalani Stryker. Stryker. Released back in March 1992 to a resounding 66 on its one review, although Nintendo Power did give it a Best Overall Game Award. So it's it was who on the knows Game Boy. what was going on in 1992? There had to have been something better for Nintendo that year, but either little, way... A little under the table cash transactions, yeah. probably. Either way, we got Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. And John, I think that this game was all right leaning towards not good really i yes. thought you had a lot of fun no it was a lot of so we uh <laughs> i sucked we i were just playing this on the sp well yeah it's a better version to play it on. yeah and it was um i think that it sounds good it sounds star warsy i think that the uh the backgrounds are very bland but i think the sprites themselves like the, the droids look like droids. The Tauntaun looks as good like a Tauntaun as you can. Luke looks good. He looks just like Luke in his snow outfit. Uh, it was... The, the snow speeder looked good. The AT-ATs. There, there was some stuff in this game that I think, you know... Most of the LucasArts games that I've played, if anything, I think they are very true to Star Wars visually. But it's just hard to capture that Star Wars essence and bottle it up and put it in a game. Well, there's a reason games like KOTOR are just above and beyond a better experience, right? Like, and uh, what's your own Battlefront? Like games like that. And I'm talking old Battlefront, not the newest one. So there's a reason games like that have always done well because those have tried to really focus on the gameplay, not necessarily the visual components, right? This one focused a lot on visual, but the gameplay, in my opinion, wasn't really there. Well, there's only it so felt... much you could do on a Game Boy. 
Well, yeah, for me, though, it did feel kind of clunky, like Luke and the uh, the Tauntaun falling down like in that oh, cave. The slowdown when slow. you fall and is ridiculous. The Luke jumping. leaps like like he just leaps like crazy. But as soon as he starts to fall, it's just slow mo. Exactly. Somebody so, used feather fall on Luke. Yeah. And it, there was a lot of that. And I mean. A Tauntaun doesn't have Featherfall. Luke, maybe. <laughs> a Tauntaun, no. Like, that thing's just coming down quick. He hasn't met Yoda yet. He doesn't know how to force good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he had to pick up force power-ups in the game. Yep. So, for me, I didn't get too far into the game. And that's more of an inability on my part to play this game. It just it didn't connect. It, maybe it's because I've been playing so much damn Sekido. My mind is on, like, that type of You're on of turbo speed. Yeah, I'm on straight up, like quick dodges and everything else when i feather fall into yeah, a nothing cave, quick about this game yeah exactly so it was pretty slow going for me and especially I the bosses i i got through a couple of the bosses and i had to just sit there in a corner and just mash the attack button for like minutes to just slowly whittle down the health of these guys and uh not good game design i understand that it's probably not a very long game you know if you play through it so I'd imagine that, you know, you got to do whatever you can to bullet sponge out the enemies. You checking it out? Yeah, I'm going to check out how long to beat.com. I just think that, uh, <laughs> well, here, while he's checking that out, let's talk about brass tacks here, people. So if you have this game complete in box, it's a nice $30.26 right now. Not peaked back in November 2017 at 44. Currently, it's trending down. But who has complete inbox Game Boy games, John? Who? Hardly, I do. Hardly any. You've got like five. Maybe ten. Ten, maybe. No, so, no, you're right. But you definitely don't have this. So most people, this will run you nine bucks. That's down from nine fifty in July 2019. It's ticking up a little bit there, but I'd say you get this game loose, nine bucks, easy probably whenever, but... What what? How long is this game? Five hours. Five hours. So, and a lot of that is probably sent, spent sitting in a corner, mashing the attack button, slowly draining the boss health. Yeah, probably. Just like you said, functionality-wise, game isn't that great. Visually, you take a lot of damage in certain areas. Oh if, yeah. Uh, if you fall into the cold water at the bottom of the levels, I three think jumps. it's supposed to be three jumps. Cold water. Dead. Yeah, three jumps and you're dead. Yeah, you yeah. you die. Uh, it's it's probably you know it built tough to last you know you want to get your money out of these games so i don't know nine bucks for five hours that's 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 kind of steep in my opinion for this game but if you're a star wars fan and we talked about this you know with spider-man and such in the past if you're a star wars fan and you don't have this in your collection and you want to play it nine bucks probably isn't that bad See, to, to I would it. think if you're a Star Wars fan and you've already got, you know, if you're a collector of Star Wars stuff, you've got your in-the-box Boba Fett, you know, your in-the-box, whatever that droid that looks like a walking refrigerator is that I don't know what the name of it is, your guy sitting behind the piano in Jabba's Palace, you know, you've got all the things and they're all pristine but I don't you think don't have empire Strikes i don't back. think you're going for that nine i think you're going for that thirty dollars and 26 cents which in the grand scheme of things if you're a true star wars collector and you want all the star wars stuff in the best condition yeah i don't think that's an awful price no really 30 bucks seems pretty affordable for something that probably isn't that common and you know isn't a great game but you're just going to look at it anyways yeah, that's true. So I guess if from a collector standpoint of Star Wars memorabilia and such, 30 bucks, not so bad. Loose price if you actually want to play the game. So we'll go off loose. Mm -hmm. uh, nine bucks, I think, is a little steep. I think six, five to six dollars would be about right for this type of game. It's five hours of gameplay. It's kind of difficult. It's clunky. It's not the best. If you really want to play a Star Wars game, I think five, six bucks. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, if you're just looking to actually try it out and play it, I don't think that, you know, $9 is too big of an investment. If you can turn around and get rid of it, like no, no, if it's just something you want to check out, I would say you could, you could go, you know, the price of shipping, getting it, the price of shipping, sending it. And that would basically be 
what you would pay for the game. Well, and if you fully intend on beating this game, like, hey, I'm going to pick up this Star Wars game for nine bucks and I'm going to beat this game. I'm going to play the hell out of it till I beat it. Then nine dollars is not bad. Yeah. If you're just buying it because if you, you found it try in a it, bin for nine bucks and you just were like, oh, I've never even heard of this. Nine dollars is too much. If you know what you're getting into, I think nine is a. Uh, you know, that's a fair statement. Yeah, I yeah. want to say that this game is not inflated or deflated. I think this game is pretty much right where it should be. Yeah, I would agree with that. So yeah, if you if you're intending on playing this game, hundred percent, nine bucks sounds about right. If you're looking for a bargain, you just want to try it out, five six bucks. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, so uh, we gotta have like a middle tier great on this yeah for this type of stuff because we've got inflated uh, deflated we'll just call it flated <laughs> i was gonna say just right just right just right all right so it's just right okay cool uh next week we need to play super nintendo so i propose that we play super return of a jedi it's my original copy from when i was a kid we should totally check it out hey you know it's the next best thing to empire that uh, yeah i <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. Did you, uh, there was a thing on uh, Facebook the other day. I don't know if I shared it with you, but this guy goes in this long rant and he starts talking about how, you know, I can't believe Star Wars, you know, they have this movie that comes out and it's about this, you know, uh, young Jedi master or Jedi going out to try and get training only to find out that the master's gone crazy and the master just disappears, blah, blah, blah. There's a reason Empire Strikes Back is so terrible. And it's just like all these angry oh comments. Gosh. I got to find it for you, dude. But it's hilarious. Just it kind of plays off like it's the most recent Star Wars movie that came out. Mm-hmm. And then when you read it, it's like and that's why Empire Strikes Back is the worst <laughs> sequel in Star Wars. Like, oh, they just like frayed so many people at that right. point. So, well, get ready for more Star Wars month. We're going to talk about that. We'll uh, both eventually we still haven't watched Mandalorian. We'll watch that. We'll talk about some of that. We'll see the new Star Wars when it comes out and we'll close the month out. Checking out Jedi Fallen Order. Hopefully. And we will be announcing our new game's resolution. So if you haven't gotten one yet, go ahead and let us know on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, and you can comment on YouTube if you like. Uh, that's always nice. Yeah, let John know that you watch his videos and that those bosses were hard. Yeah, so subscribe to all of our areas and keep up with the Game Deflators. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And I just said it a moment ago, we are the, the Game, game Deflators. Deflators.